Welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sammy Sheva. And welcome. We here at Curious Chimps are law-abiding citizens. We do not endorse anything illegal. And anything we discuss is for entertainment and not information purposes. We are not experts, and nor do we claim to be. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, read the label, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chips. dose is not for heroes it's for scholars ballers holler dollars wallers and callers the can't handle it's took too muchers the losing my shits the i'm gonna fallers the coffee crashing went to towners the mary jane brained grounders <laughs> the mushroom the magic mushroom merry-go-rounders the k-hole moles the super dopamine downers Hear me now in your foggy whatever of a consciousness. You're okay. You're going to be okay. Not all the curious cats have to die. And even though you're safe, it's okay if you want to cry. You actually walk past all this stuff every day. And though you don't really leave, you couldn't even really stay if you tried. Click, 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 roller coaster ride. Die inside, seek and hide, child's play, playful side, finally enjoy the ride, rinse, repeat, 50 feet, off the ground, safe and sound, and to the side. Finger in the power socket, drifting off in God's soft pocket, swirling and sweating in the sound oceans and time rockets. Boom. Hell yeah. I was actually kind of nervous reading that. I heard it. It's like a thing I created and I'm yeah, making it. I wrote that yesterday. Sweet. I like Night. it. Night. <laughs> <laughs> I With like not it. much editing. Thank you. We'll we'll post it on our page. Yeah, I was hoping to really do like a like that was the first stance hmm. that kind of like sets all sets up the vibe and then I get into like more bad of a bad trip kind of thing and then more and then the good of a, the good trip or like hmm. a kind of accepting both. Hmm. So it kind of feels like it, it has no beginning or end. It's just a fun, I just had fun playing with words yeah. and just, it's just, it's got a more percussive vibe to it anyway. So drugs are a thing that we talk about all the time, even though we're not any kind of medical or chemistry experts. I mean, you know, fuck you, turn it off if you don't want to listen to us. No, don't do that, please. No, we need you. <laughs> just put it in the background. That's it. Just, just keep it playing. Do your thing. That's it. Play some weird simulation game <laughs> like Elite Dangerous or The Sims if you're that kind of person. And just listen to us tonguing your cochleas with our soothing baritone. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> that sweet was disingenuous. You're like, you're like sweet. <laughs> I guess. I guess he's on something. He's on something, I guess. I love these fucking monkeys on the... Yeah, it's... We're called Curious Chimps, and there's tiny monkeys holding the microphones. What's hilarious is the two emojis are basically our name. 
the curious face and then the chimp oh yeah you sent me that that was perfect it took me a second to appreciate it. i was like emojis like that's kind of like what's the <laughs> word like it's like uh, cheesy and like whatever like i don't want to merge those two worlds am i the only person who's just kind of like embarrassed about my entire internet existence it seems that way <laughs> <laughs> is everyone else just like yeah that thing and i'm like no, like no no don't talk about that you're like one foot in one foot out kind of guy yeah i hate it but yet you're immersed in it no i mean i have like i don't even have instagram bro i have facebook I mean, but you're using it all the time uh regularly yeah it's an addiction <laughs> that's for sure you but got me there i respect that though you, you stay away from most of it like the the dark corners. I just hate it because I'm lazy. I, I don't. It doesn't. De- it doesn't deserve your respect. It's like I I had no interest in any of this online shit because I saw the the obvious dangers. I'm not like you know a lot of people saw the obvious dangers. Uh, some people didn't. They got caught. I got. I just got caught later. Yeah. You know. I'm not saying I'm a fucking special human or anything, but I just had to. Eventually, I went to. I think it was Banff. It was the first time. Like I go traveling for a summer with some friends. I meet a bunch of cool people and. Facebook's like this intermediate, like, I don't, I don't want to give you my phone number, but like, here's a bunch of pictures of me and my birthday and my <laughs> address maybe. And like Just sell your information to them. Yeah. It's well, I mean, weird. Give your it, information to them. They but it does it. feel safer. Yeah. Cause it's like, you got to push buttons to go onto Facebook. But if someone has your phone number, they can interrupt your life. They could literally like, and you're like, oh my God, my device is telling me is like yelling at me like pick this up that guy is calling you right now there's something like real about it that's not there anymore you know like when you were kids the phone was the phone and it it was all you had and it made sense and you kind of got over those social awkward awkwardities awkwardnesses anyway english (laughs) now it's like the phone rings people have many panic attack you know like oh my god why it's are just, you calling me? Yeah. Text I, first. You know, it's like you can't even ring the doorbell. school. I love calling my buddies. Dude, I leave voicemails. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. And like 40% of my friends are like, dude, your voicemails are so awesome and hilarious. I love them. And everyone else is like, what's voicemail? <laughs> I get anxiety when my voicemail's full. Just like, Fuck. It's always full. That means you always have anxiety. <laughs> I, I just, just hit some switches <laughs> by accident. Did you? Maybe. Oh, well, well, I don't know. We sound okay. <laughs> I got too excited. Dude, I'm Italian. I, I literally, every time I call you, it's full. I hear it. I listen on purpose because one day it's not going to be full and I'm going to leave you a message. It's two things that give me anxiety. It's numbers I don't recognize and when my voicemail is full. That's fair. Numbers I don't recognize, I wait for them to leave a voicemail. And that's where it stems into that anxiety of the voicemail being full. The best is private caller or like... Uh, you know, like incoming I have private. two friends that call by private, so I know it's one of the two. Or some third fucking anyone. It's been so long since that's happened, so I, I've taken it for granted. So you don't I'm, have a little twinge every time? I'm, oh, this could no, be anyone. But, but I, it's probably I'm in for one a surprise. <laughs> dude, one I, day, man. dude, I had growing up uh, from ages, I would say 15 till 20. Mm. I had this... Okay, let's backtrack. When I was 15, this guy drove by. I was waiting for the bus, and he asked to use my phone. So I, I said, yeah, no problem. He called his friend, whatever. It was a French guy. And then he gave it back and said, oh, he didn't answer. From that day on till 20, so five solid years, I had a phone calls once every two weeks, different numbers, asking for Ares. His name was Ares. And it was like people from all over the world. They're like, hey, is Ares there? I need to speak to Ares. Like, and that I start- one douchey called just like, yo, do you have his number? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He called me from this number once. <laughs> so it must I played, be his number. <laughs> dude, I was playing along with him. I would just be like, oh, Ares is in here right now. Call back again uh, in a few hours. Like, oh, okay, I really need to speak to Ares. This went on for five years. I strung them all along. <laughs> <laughs> 
it just turned into a game. I would be bored one day and I get a phone call. I'm like, oh, sweet. I can talk about Why that. do I think you're a good person in my mind? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my entire... <laughs> Like, like, if I could sum you up in one sentence, it's like he likes to fuck with people. <laughs> I like disruption. You really do. I like knocking people out of their routine. Yeah, you like minorly inconveniencing everybody all yeah, the time. Yeah, because people take shit too serious. And, you know, it's, it's nice to get poked. That's true. You know, it's like hitting the needle onto a different track. You know, it's like you get so obsessed with this one moment and then, oh, fuck, it's, uh, it's, it's not as serious as I thought it was. This guy still can crack a joke and... And find some light into it. That's the whole cacophony society thing. That's yes, why it's the allure. Because that leads by to that. unconsciousness. You're just stuck in a routine. And then some guy comes along and goes like left instead of right. And your brain freezes for like a hard fucking 30 seconds. You're like, <laughs> eh. That's Which, actually a thing in hypnosis that I could talk about at length. But maybe I shouldn't. Why not? I don't know. You were going to say something, I guess. I would say uh, this just brings <laughs> us into our first uh, podcast sponsor. The Yisraps. <laughs> What's that? The Yiddish cacophony. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, my God. What is it? This podcast is sponsored <laughs> by ourselves. So give us your money one day. We're going to build it up. It's going to come. It was just yeah. like a, a project from the future that's going to grow later on. Whoa. This podcast is sponsored by the future. <laughs> and all future know, sponsors. so happy. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's go into what cacophony is just for the, the average listener has no clue. Even the, no one knows what that is. I didn't know what it was until you brought it up to me and I love it. It's fucking genius. I told you? You told I me. I you told it. me. <laughs> Whoa. Did I tell you? I don't know now. Because then it's either you told me or I heard it from Duncan Trussell in a JRE podcast where he was saying that he went to a bar in pajamas and a hundred people met up and they all just sung, sang the song from Frozen in the middle of the bar. I don't remember that. I remember they were in a grocery store in pajamas. Okay, we're definitely drawing from the same source material. And they had like a meeting, sort of. Maybe they sang Frozen. I hope they did. I think they've done that in, in a bunch of places. But then, that, doesn't that kind of turn the brain off? Like, if they all started singing, you'd be like, oh, this is a bit, you know? But if they were all sitting, like, at a table, like, you know, the IGAs have, like, an eating area sometimes? And mm -hmm. they're all in their PJs and, like, hard like really comfortable looking like flip-flops or like what are they called slippers I forgot the word for slippers for a second and they're all literally just having a meeting like a guy stands up and they're all listening like very attentively they're all taking notes and shit and i don't even know what the fuck the guy's talking about but then like the guy sits down everyone like golf claps and then like another guy gets up and they, and they address something else like there's some kind of pajama community of and they take care of something like they actually have to have meeting like that would fuck with the person but if if it's a bit if it's like a mob like so a flash mob kind of thing then it still fucks gonna... with people in a, in probably a smaller scale because once they see it well i mean a little for sure but well, i love the for me the cacophony thing is really like the whoa what the fuck is going on and there's no <clears> catharsis <throat> for a long time so your brain is just going like i said before like uh like you're just waiting yeah. For the other shoe to drop, and you're not even sure the first thing was a shoe. You're just you're like, what's happening? You're are there three shoes? Well, the whole thing about four. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was just waiting for you to talk. <laughs> well, the whole thing about what cacophony is is just we all operate in bubbles, right? It's routines, routines, bubbles, and uh, norm normalities, and just we we kind of 
in a sense, we're in autopilot for a lot of things, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just like going to work. If you're walking down the, the normal pathway that you take fucking 365 days a year, you know where you're going. You're almost tuned out. You are in a sense, like a, a best example of what you're talking about. People driving and they kind of don't have a clear memory of the time they were. They just get home and they're like, what, what? Yeah. Like they were so somewhere else in their mind, but they were they were driving. Part of their brain was like not accidenting like you know yeah. like okay the re- the light's red the person in front of me is kind of operating off. more in the background though it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you just done it a million times yeah. anyway continue. so that yeah that's it so cacophony the whole idea the notion of it is to disrupt that <clears throat> wake people up out of that moment with a disruption so like i think there was one they did for the boston marathon it was fucking hilarious they were all dressed as salmons and they ran the opposite direction in the marathon genius so So just a bunch of people doing a marathon in their zone and then a bunch of wild salmons running through the crowd upstream that's genius (laughs) like and it's just like those blimps that just like remind you holy fuck okay like like uh, like i I was gone for a second i'm back Mm. it's just like a little wake-up call and it's funny because the word cacophony i don't have a fucking dictionary in front of me but i'm pretty sure it just means kind of like a like a sporadic background noise you know, mm. so like it is disruptive, but at the same time, there's something kind of like tuned out about it. So it's like a perfect word. Yeah. It's something that can come in and disrupt, but it's like this, it's almost like you're accessing this wave, this like this, there's this signal in the universe of cacophony and you're tapping into it. You know, like the, the other story that uh, Trussell was saying was a bunch of people dressed up as clowns and they all waited at different stops of the same <laughs> bus. So then like this, you know, like imagine a bunch of people just going to work and a clown gets on like in full, like, like full dress. And then that's a little weird. And everyone like chuckles and goes back to their phones or whatever. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. And all the clowns are staring at each other. Like they're confused also. They're like, what the fuck's going on? So it's fuck it. Like beautiful. You're you're like, is this just a coincidence? Is this the craziest day of my life? Should I play the lottery? Like your mind starts going nuts. And any other day you would just be on the bus fucking twiddling your thumbs or or something. Oh, and the guys who started this are the same guys who started Burning Man. That's worth saying. They used to go in the fucking desert and launch pianos with catapults or some shit. Wow. And then Burning Man, whatever the fuck that is now. I've never been a part of it, but I'm sure it's changed a lot. It's from what I've been hearing and seeing, it looks... It's right up our alleyway. Yeah, but, but it's fucking expensive, man. It's yeah. like a weird I mean, experience. You I think it's like $10,000 to fucking eat sand for 10 days or whatever. Is it that much? I don't know. I'm yeah, exaggerating. I, I, I have what no I saw information. The, tic- the tickets to the <laughs> event is about a G. But then getting there and then finding where to sleep. and There's a lot of like, uh, there's people who just set it up for you. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, spend an extra $500 and you, you come in our RV and you mm. we have water, we whatever. You know, like you don't have to think about the details. In that sense, you might as well just get a group of friends that all are in line and just rent out an RV together. Yeah, I got a friend who goes pretty regularly. Wow. I think he's been like four times. You should get him on here and pick his brain about it. I will. That's fucking I cool. I love that guy. I think people would like to hear about Burning Man too because... Like, we all have bits and information of it, but I actually really don't know what's going on down there. I know it's a giant art convention with music, and they have, like, a every, place for everyone. Yeah, you hear a different story every time <laughs> someone says, "It's there, there's that cacophony thing we talked about. That's, like, the factory. Like, that's all of the cacophony gets concentrated in this fucking desert. Wow. And there's it's a desert. Like, there's there's only people going there to do that. So... You'd be weird if you weren't being weird, essentially. You know, even the cops and shit, like even the authorities are having fun 
and they're they're dressed funny and they're getting hammered probably i don't know but like there's one it's fun to talk about something i have no experience about as if i do i heard in jerry i forgot who said it but this was really fascinating um mm. they have this temple in burning man where you go there with let's say someone in your family or your, someone close to you died so you, oh, yeah, you yeah. go to this temple it's like this built out of wood it's just this set little center that you go into in burning man and you put a piece of whatever that person had there as an offering so something you're holding on to yeah, maybe maybe or it's a, a photo shirt or a photo yeah. or anything related to that person you put it there and then at the end of that the burning man ceremony however long it is you can imagine how many thousands of items are actually stored in that in that thing they all sit around it and they light it on fire and they all watch and it's sim it's symbolizing letting go and and like that's 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 the cutoff mm. like that's where you finally you put it to rest so it's like that's kind of fucking beautiful you know yeah. like there's it, something hard about it and like destroying like moving on mm. moving on seems like sometimes you're running away sometimes you didn't move on fast enough like there's there's a weird you're never ready mm. i think in a setting like that where everyone's joining in it's it, sometimes it just requires strength and maybe the strength comes from the community and seeing mm -hmm. fucking 1000 people putting their items will give you the strength to finally let go you know and it's, it's in my case it wouldn't even be strength it's kind of like a momentum you know like they're they're all doing it and I'm, i'll just i'll just like jump on the bandwagon and then afterwards i go like wow like this, i i wouldn't have done that usually mm -hmm. And now I'm just like in it. Now I'm just like, oh, I did that. You know, this this picture or whatever, this thing I held on to, you know, it could have been a dog collar or like a memento from a, a moment, like from a deceased grandparent. Oh, who knows? You yeah. know, but it's just something that it's been part of your day every day. You don't necessarily like look at it and mourn all the time, but you it's like you never fully moved on. And now you're just taking attachment. it out of a place and putting it in, in, mm. in literally fire. <laughs> And you're yeah. like, okay, ciao, bye, man. Like, yeah. whatever's left is the memories. Yeah. And that gets fucked up, too. I mean, I'm, I'm like, super, like, neurotically philosophical, if that exists. And then I start thinking, like, I'm going to forget about, like, the, the memories get distorted anyway. Who am I even? You know, like, the, my, the, the, the thing I'm mourning is, like, the person who I was when that person was around. Mm -hmm. And then separately, I'm mourning the, the loss of life also. I don't know if other people do this. I remember reading a book when I was a kid. I don't remember what it is. I think it's like that Terabithia book or something. But like, spoiler alert, these fucking kids, like like a kid dies at the end. And it's super sad because it's just a book about like like a guy, a kid, like a boy and a girl. And they meet and they have fun and they cross this like wooden, like this tree that fell and like they can cross a river or something okay. like that. And then one day the kid falls at the end of the book, he dies. And then there's this moment where the girl is like at the funeral. And she's talking about, it's this beautiful, like, innocent, childlike perspective where she's, like, mad at everyone at the funeral because they're sad that they don't have, like, that, that kid in their life anymore. But she was sad because he can't live the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And that that scarred me. Like, that like that completely mm -hmm. changed my perspective. I was, like a, like, a little less, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, emotionally selfish you're the one who's alive you're the one who's sad the, the other the guy's dead yeah. you know like he's not feeling anything anymore he's good nice. so in, in some ways i understand that but like there is this existential sadness you know like there is literally this this thing that could have continued is gone well, i think anyway. that's the mourning process there's there's two levels exactly there's the selfish 
that this person's not in my life anymore, but it's also the tragedy that that life has ended. And I think maybe part of the process and why it's so hard to get over that is because you, those two are so meshed together that you can't separate it and look at it, you know? Yeah, on some level you're just, like now now your mortality is more real. The The whole world shifts when you, when you it's like a, it's a drastic, permanent change. Mm. Death is weird. Yeah, man. Great segue into bad trips. That's <laughs> epic because I can get into my mushroom trip where I literally thought I was dead. Yeah. Okay. So, so premise for this podcast: bad trips? Question mark. Yeah. Big question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Three question marks. Like, so your claim on the last podcast, and I'll I'll let you flow. I'm not gonna like debate <clears throat> you, but I'll maybe try to pull some Come at some me, holes. bro. Come. <laughs> do you even do you even debate, bro? <laughs> okay. So you said. Podcast, last podcast. You number said three. number three. We're on four. Hey, it's Whoa. fucking. Hey, 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 it's hey, going. Bing, bang, boom. Okay. It's going. So you said bad trips aren't a thing. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> that sounds crazy to me, but I know you're a smart guy, so I didn't like rip you a fucking new asshole right away. Uh, I think, honestly, I'm also just going to end up agreeing with you, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. But I'm definitely going to play devil's advocate. I love it. Go. And maybe uh, <laughs> I'll learn something out of the process. I'll just start with. Define you defining to me what a bad trip is. Me? Okay. Because yeah, I want to know where you're coming from. Okay. Um, it's a negative experience associated with uh, a drug trip, and the reason why it's so profound is because you like there's there's feelings of like uh, time dilation or distortion and emotional uh, like uh, uncontrollability during the trip. So as soon as you start going dark, it feels like an eternity. It feels like everything all at once. It feels uh, like too much. You feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, like it's all playing into this one thing, you know, the higher highs and the lower lows. So there's, you know, no one ever talks about a good trip. You know, there should be like yeah. another word, I guess. Bad trip has like a snappy. It's got a ring to it. Mm-hmm. But like a glad trip, <laughs> glad trip and bad trip. Did it. All right. So okay. I just think, yeah, it's, it's a, so then why in essence, is that a bad trip? Well, I mean, I guess you're asking the wrong person, you know, in, well, I mean, in the end, I think well, that's the, that that's the common thing I hear is that whenever I talk to people who have never de- dove in, it's like, oh, I want to try, but I'm afraid of a bad trip. A they've bad never trip. tried it. That's the thing. I've always felt because I had I, like a shroom experiences at a young age. Well, young, you know, like high school, mm. whatever. Um, <clears throat> I've always felt it was part of it. Almost any drug I took, even if it was something like ecstasy and you just feel like really good the whole time and you're bonding with people, there's this moment when it starts going away. And then that's some kind of mini bad trip. There's some people, they've even experienced this thing where they're instantly sober. Imagine you're on ecstasy and you're fucking riding high mm-hmm. and you're really like like uh, artificially happy. You're glad tripping. <laughs> and then it just, like, there's no, there's no staircase down it's like a 30 foot fall hmm. and then it, you, you burst into tears like you're something's wrong and you don't even know what you're just, uh. anyway i'm ranting but um i actually don't see the problem with the bad trip i just obviously know the different i feel like there's a dis- discrepancy like for sure i'm feeling worse for sure for sure i'm i'm suddenly like going through the the dark forest you know yeah. or like you know the sun's going down whatever uh, poetic uh, metaphor you want to use like yeah. there's moments of great discomfort and I think those are the most useful times mm-hmm. 
maybe that's because I think I need to learn through suffering and pain, and that's not necessarily true. But I, I'm almost holding my breath at this point and waiting for those moments when I'm doing when I'm taking a trip. Um, and there, the word bad is in the the name, so I, I get why you want to diffuse that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I do, and I'm not playing devil's advocate here. There's definitely bad trips, especially when it comes to something like LSD. It's not something I'm super familiar with. I just feel like a lot of people have stories where it's like that's that's the drug that it lasts long there's very there's very emotional yeah. parts of it there's very visual parts of it and you could even kind of be convinced things that are actually happening you know it's altering your your consciousness enough where you're getting tricked and one time i mean when i took those huge dose of shrooms i definitely bad tripped i had like a fun time i was with a friend it was just me and him we were both on the same amount we just had like a huge bag of shrooms we just cut it in two and ate it so it was like between six and eight grams and it was fucking intense. It was nighttime. There's no cars. We're walking around in the street in like a small town. It was a great time. We both get home. I start fucking seeing shit. I can't sleep. Every time I close my eyes, the fucking universe is downloading itself into my fucking skull. And uh, and I honestly was so far gone. I just accepted that I was not going to be sane anymore. Okay. And that maybe that's the cornerstone. Maybe that is the fucking real like like welcome sign to a bad trip is like I'm not going to be okay ever again mm-hmm. and that starts really being frightening and it's not about I'm on a drug anymore a lot of times now I remind myself hey man I just took a, I took a thing I'm supposed to feel weird yeah like, whatever <laughs> what it comes down to is to avoid the bad trip is you got to make sure all your bases are covered beforehand you know so your setting you got to do it in the right spot like if you're doing it at a party or a club and you're taking mushrooms for the first time and you're with a bunch of people like we spoke about this over the phone is just if like you're with a friend who's just sober and just doesn't realize never tried and just fucking with you and throwing shit at you and like trying to make you have one of those bad trips and like egging on you but not in a friendly way more like a taunting playful way in his mind but very damaging for you like that's going to induce something that's going to be quite hard to take and we talked about that yesterday on the yeah, phone yeah you know like i've the, the time I took that, that same time the same story I just said we yeah. bumped it we bumped it <clears> to <throat> some friends and I mean like we knew them they were like high school buddies they were like a, a year younger than us they were little when they when they realized we were on something because we had like fucking raccoon eyes and we were like staring into space and seeing rainbows and shit <laughs> I didn't, we didn't have to tell them is my point it was like mm. it, was, it was written on our faces but then they would like they'd come in and start like moving stuff and like moving their hands and like taking something off the wall and moving it. And I'd be like, like, why are you doing that? And they're like, doing what? Yeah. Doing what, bro? And then they left for like 10 minutes. It like went into the store, then came back out and started talking, like started the conversation from the beginning again, as if it never happened. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, you got to stop. Like you're See, really fucking with me. Disaster but it was just frustrating me. It was like, I'm not sober, but I'm lucid. And, and like, I, Please go away now. You know, like you're you're just it's not enhancing your experience. It's doing the opposite. I never really explored why it was bothering me so much though. It's almost like they were treating me like an idiot or something. There was some kind of insecurity and I was like, guys, like just be with me. Like just stop just stop yeah. stop defining this experience by the fact that I'm on shrooms. You know, I don't want the spotlight on me in that sense. Well, it kind of is no matter what you do, because they're the sober ones and you're tripping balls. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're the fascinating topic. But yeah, but they they just took it to a weird place, and I was like, like, can we just like move on, please? You know, I guess I, I 
So, I don't know. But what it, so anyway, so the whole idea is that when all those bases are covered, the you have the right setting, the right mind space, whatever happens after that is out of your control. And what for a lot of people, when you hear these crazy stories, they're taking their shirt off and they're running around. Yes, they might be crazy. But two is maybe they weren't fully mentally prepared for that experience. Or maybe they had things inside them that they didn't know they had. And when they took the substance, it came to the surface and they couldn't deal with it. Mm. So, I took my shirt off on salvia once. I was convinced <laughs> I was sweating and like drenched in sweat. And my friend was like, dude, you're, you're dry. Like, you're, what are you doing? I used to take, when I used to do uh, shrooms pretty often, I would think I had to go pee. And then I go to the washroom and nothing come out and I'd start panicking. So fuck, I thought I had to pee. Yeah, the and pee go, and poo feels weird. And, and the, Oh, it's mind fuck. And then I would lie down and be like, oh fuck, I really have to pee. And then I go and nothing came out. And then I go back down. I thought I pissed myself. And I go literally 10 times back and forth to the washroom and nothing happened. I'm like, okay, I'm in a loop here. I just got to just fucking chill. And that's hilarious. Yeah. I'm in a loop. That's that's shrooms, man. <laughs> shrooms is, is fucking time loops. So when it comes down to it, though, is... The way I look at a bad trip is you're just having too much resistance to what's happening. And it's not meant to be a fucking smooth sailing ride. It could be. And that's fucking fun in games when everything's going right. And it's like beautiful, beautiful visuals. Your friends and you are having great insight and laughing and just Mm -hmm. jamming. But the shit can go south too. And that's part of the psyche, the dark sides. And it's, you can put a label saying it's bad, but there's something there that needs to be looked at and you've been avoiding baby throwing the baby with the bath water like i love that expression Hmm. you know like you know what if you want to think of it like this you're you're pressing fast forward you know like that that's if you're if hopefully you're looking at these things as medicines and teachers and you're like that's what you're getting into and even in the best of cases there is like a a sigh a moment where you're like you 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 swallow the big pill whether that's during the trip, whether that's during like a fucking tornado of emotions, whether that's um, at the end when you're you, you you had a great night, you had you were flying and you just you take a breath and you're like it's over now. Uh, it, it's yeah. Like we can go into um, this will tie in nicely. My one of my mushroom trips back in 2015. This was a big transitional year for me, like just moving out of my family's house. Uh, my parents were going through like some struggles mm-hmm. financially and emotionally and just it was a tough time my dog died and like that was also Oof. fucked up yeah I had to I held him me and my father were holding him as they were Was he, he was injected because he, he like he was uh, incurable it was really bad so that happened moving out this all happened within the same like three month four month time frame so very short period um, me and my ex broke up which was also that was that's a fuck up because it's it's a chunk of your life that's just completely different after uh, breakups are yeah you know you can intellectualize it and, and say yeah you can have a whole game plan of how you would be but once you're in it it's like oh there is a punch in the face and i have to recover there it's, there's no doubt about it yeah. you know it's, an, it's it's extra hard because there's almost like a drug aspect to being with someone mm-hmm. that losing a losing a pet or something like it sucks because yeah. the the house is empty after and like there's a trauma to to like killing your animal you know like the, that's this weird it's this being reality. that's been in your reality for like 14 15 years it's yeah just like you become uh just accustomed to that to that to them being alive it's it's a surprise and the, the only thing that's harder is not being there for them when when they die like it's mm. it's it's 
there's a guilt after, you know, but it sucks so hard. Hmm. It's so, like I said, traumatized. But anyway, so you're, so it's, yeah, life's so piling it, it on. A shit ton of things point. happened. Like it, it all hit at once, which it's been the story of my life. And I'm sure for most people, it feels like things come in huge waves and you kind of fight with it and then you bat, you get over it and you go into the next wave. And that's the beauty of growth. But so this all happened pretty briefly, like at one shot. And, um, you know, my parents were, my father was having a lot of trouble financially affording the house. So I left thinking it would take off a strain off of the, the family mm-hmm. costs. And we can get into that in the future. It doesn't matter. But just for the sake of the story, that's the background of, that's the essence of it. So you were no bueno. No bueno. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to function. I'm doing my thing. I, I had a marathon that month too. So I just ran a marathon. Like, I didn't know that you've ever done that. That's dude, amazing. I, I ran twice. I did a 5K and a 7K, and then I signed up and did 42. <laughs> it was incredible. It was I don't know you, man. I just, <laughs> I just think I do. <laughs> Dude, uh, you know, I, I do some uh, interesting things. But that this was... This is why we're friends. <laughs> I'm going to use this to compliment myself. <laughs> it was just one of those things that... So a little background on me. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm, I have to do it 10 times more. Oh, good to know. Yeah. I'm going to use that against you. And so someone, I forgot who was like, uh, oh, it was my buddy Alex. He signed up for the half. I'm like, oh, fuck, I want to do the full. And he's like, you can't do that. I'm like, really? I signed up the next day. I just I just picture the camera zooming out on your face, and it's that fucking Kill Bill, like, pretty much with that like siren, you know? So, yeah, so I signed up. I did it. That was fucking, that was the beginning of killing those demons, but they were still lingering. So let's fast track to the mushroom trip. Um, went camping with two buddies. We set up tents and everything. It took six grams, maybe five, six grams. I need to know, were yeah. you already high when you set up the tents? Thank God, no. Just wondering. Sober, we already there. fucked it up. <laughs> we've all been there. Like I broke one of the rods, so we had to like, <laughs> the tent was like on a slant. <laughs> it was a disaster. It was literally... Took like three hours to, to just put like up. Just like my life, you, know, you just start crying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Set up the tent, pop the mushrooms. They took about two to three grams each, like moderate dose. Like they've been around, but two to three grams is pretty. You can function. You know, when you take the five and above, you know how it is. You're pretty much a goner. You're in another dimension. Yeah, you're another human. So we take it. Um, we go for a hike. Ah. I'm following them. It's already getting a little bit darker because we set up the tent late, late. Mm. and I'm following with them and I'm listening to Anikaros, like I've explained in the past podcast. It's a shamanic song that they've created for those kind of realms. Usually in ayahuasca, they they come up with the song. We should just play one in the background next time. Oof, a little... Something terrifying about this. <laughs> Maybe it's because we keep taking drugs and listening to them. Maybe it there's flo- nothing special about no, it. It flows, man. It does. It, it really does. The fucking the whole trip goes to that rhythm. It's perfect. So I put that on, and it's just playing, and he's hitting the fucking rattles, and all of a sudden it hits me, and like you know when you take mushrooms, you kind of know when it's coming on. It's usually like the wave things start shifting where you. It kind of looks like things go in a little bit more slow motion and like mm. clockwork. Like if you turn your head, you kind of see more frame by frame of the yeah, head yeah, turn. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty general for most people in the beginning stages when they just take it. But for me, that didn't happen. It just slammed me right off the bat, like upload. like, And times. I remember walking with him and I'm like, guys, I, uh, I can't 
continue moving these legs. I got to go back. <laughs> and I think we're about 15 minutes into the hike. And they're like, I'm like, you guys continue. I'm going to head back to the tent. Without any fucking idea where the Whoa. tent was. Yeah. Like, I, I, didn't, I was following their feet. I was looking at their feet, following them walk. No clue where I was going. And they're like, okay. I'm like, guys, don't you worry. The, you just turned around. You just 180 and started walking. Literally. And <laughs> I shit you not. I was following blue and green laser beams. Oh, God. Like in every direction I was following and they were going, I'm like, okay, oh yeah, make a right turn. I made a right turn and then a left turn and then a right turn. Like I'm talking, Sammy, maybe 10 or 15 turns and then the rest is blackout. Don't remember what happened. And now... Sun going down, head full of shrooms, no flashlight, so, in the forest. So this is where shit hit the fan. And so a bear ate you and you're dead. Pretty much. This is how the story You're talking to the astral Nate <laughs> and he's, he's flown in for this podcast. No, so... <laughs> <laughs> So let's just uh, rewind just a few, maybe a month ago. I was driving. This is a month before the, the experience. Okay. In the, still in the midst of all what we told you about with yeah, the yeah. family and the dog and the ex. And I was driving and I remember I was going near an intersection and in my mind, I was in a very dark space. And mm. in my mind, I was like, it's fuck. Like, I'm like, I was going and the light was turning red. I'm like, let's fucking go. If I get hit and I die, who cares? Like, this is, I, I, I'm okay with it. Just yeah. let me die. Like, it fucking, I wasn't suicidal, but I was okay with the fact that if I, something happened, I, like, I'm on that line, you <laughs> yeah. know? But I would never say that. I did the, I did, for people listening, I yeah. did like the hand, like, you know, when you put like, your hand eh. out flat and then you just like yeah. flick the, the wrist. So yeah. it's like, eh, this like, is I'm dancing suicidal. On, <laughs> I'm dancing on the line of like, just not giving a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Deep, so, deep uh, disconnect. Yeah, Deep just dark. very dark spot, but still functioning, still doing my life, work, and everything. Like I'm not a hermit. I'm just not okay. Dark but sweet, like a chocolate Oreo. So that came back on in dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't. You didn't hear that. <laughs> so that came back on, and uh, that that whole all those emotions came back during that experience. So when I blacked out, I don't know where I was, and for about two hours, give or take, I thought I fell in the forest. And I was on the grass. It was completely dark. My buddies had no idea where I was. And I just felt vines going all over my body. Like literally all over my neck, my shoulders. And this, just for everyone's perspective, if you want me to categorize things as bad trips, this is the best best case in my books for my experiences to be considered a bad trip. And I still don't call it a bad trip. But we'll put it in that category. I felt vines going across my neck. Mm. across my chest across my hips my arms and I was lying down mm-hmm. or like in Shavasana like in the corpse pose but stuck mm. felt gravity compressing me into the ground I felt my breathing turn into like this like <gasps> and I just felt age I literally felt like I was 90 years old and then my breath was going <gasps> and it was a fucking moment and there was a voice this is this really dark shit it said you wanted to die that time you really wanted to die that time okay we're gonna die so it brought you back to that that, that month ago moment. but not there. in a conceptualized version in a real version because when that driving happened it was just an idea so it's like okay you thought of this idea let's dance in the idea and damn this is like a tarantino movie yeah. like bouncing back and forth and shit yeah, yeah we're fucking <laughs> but it makes sense you know yeah i like it so it was like, okay, you were thinking you were okay with dying? Okay, let's let's let you die. Let's see what happens. And I'm just like, and I'm fighting, man. I'm fighting. Like, like this shit's getting fucking scary, you know? And I'm just like, I didn't know what to do. And I'm freaking out. I can't vocalize. I can't do anything. 
my heart's dropping just listening to you. It's like, oh, yeah. and this was happening, man, for like two hours, and I'm just like, and went completely dark. No more breathing, no sounds. Fucking the darkest of the dark. Like you've seen nighttime dark, you've seen pitch black room dark. Go further than that if there is such a thing, and that's where I was. Dark mind, dark soul, ocean of the nothing. Just you couldn't find light anywhere. Yeah, and I'm just there, and all I was was just focus. And I was seeing it, but I couldn't speak. I couldn't do anything. And I just, I felt like this, this pulse that's, that started gaining momentum. Like a, like that. And that was my heartbeat. I'm like, come on, come on, fight, fight, fight. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing myself. I'm like, fight, we gotta fucking get out of here. Uh-huh. Fucking get out. And I'm squeezing, squeezing, squeezing. And you just hear, you know, like literally that's what was echoing in my ears. Jesus. And then I just fucking go <gasps> and burst into tears like you've never seen. Just <sighs> fucking pouring out of my eyes, Sammy. I'm telling you, pouring out of my eyes. My shirt was soaked. It was. I, I talked about like those anime shows where you, they have like those tears, like waterfalls flying out. Yeah, it's like arching upwards yeah, over their heads somehow. Like, <laughs> yeah, with that face too. It was the exact face that the, all those animes have. And it's just flying out of my eyes. And I'm in fetal position at that point, squeezing my body, saying, I'm fucking sorry. I'll never say that again to you. Like, I can't fucking believe. I'm so sorry, man. I don't want to fucking die. I don't want to fucking die. I'm squeezing and hugging in fetal position, bro. And it was just that moment. I was way more conscious of my words and mm. what I say because what you say has a direct link to your state and saying for yourself. I'm okay for yourself and for others too, right? If you use the wrong sort of words to, to people, you can, to your buddies, like you have to choose what you're saying, especially when you're emotional. That seems more intuitive though, but like to, to realize that like a part of your brain is talking and another part of your brain is listening. So you can really like speak to yourself and a lot of times it might be really like unwise the words we choose and we don't mm. or, or just unconscious mm. and the body's listening the mind's listening and like you you know there's this thing called singing therapy even just to drive the point home and it's like it's the same thing as like stream of consciousness like writing you just don't think and you just write or if you sing you're worried about singing and you you just kind of talk melodically and you start having breakthroughs you start saying what you mean and you get surprised at what you're saying, even though you're the one saying it. Hmm. You're like, oh, fuck, I feel that way. Like, it's you crazy cool trick. In, yeah. In, yeah. It's a fucking That's, cool trick. therapy man. like that. If you just keep writing, write your ideas down until it starts making sense and then mm. something forms. Oh, shit. Okay. And then you look into that. It's a very cool kind of therapy, that kind of stuff. And it's, it's like, it's like ha- hacking that. It's like you have to trick yourself into getting this avenue of information even What's though for the most part when you're flowing like that the unconscious is going to start presenting itself into the conscious right yeah That's Where it's, it's, in my mind it's almost like two consciousnesses it's like one thing is going through stuff feeling stuff totally having this experience and then there's like the you that you that you are and present sort of and it's <clears> not fully aware of this stuff and then you start expressing it and you go oh shit yeah. that's me that's that's I don't even realize what I'm going through at any given moment that's fucking crazy mm. anyway I'm I'm getting really excited here. I'm going to calm down. <laughs> so so that happened and I was in fetal crying like crazy and I turns out I wasn't in the grass. I was in the tent. I just I had no fucking idea I was you in the tent. You were already at the Tarantino movie. <laughs> 
I, cause I, literally remember, ter- <laughs> I was like netting for things and I felt the tent. Like this was during the, before like that whole insane, like the constriction. Thing and, yeah, yeah. Like I felt the tent, but it felt like I was grabbing like the, the framework of gravity of the universe. It was like, I didn't know it was the tent. I yeah, thought yeah, I was yeah. like, I was actually stuck. Something closing in. Kind yeah. Of thing, yeah. Like I was, I felt like I was actually grabbing the air and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I feel it's closing in. So I was fucking crying like you don't imagine. And right next to me was actually my buddy. He was crying too. And then my other buddy was at the the fire. He was crying. So we we're all kind of sharing this moment of pain. But like not really. But separate, right? It was our own, kind of our own thing. Each of us had our own shit we're working through. But at the same time. At the same time. That's cool. Yeah. And it was when I, when I became conscious and hugging myself, I'm, I'm like, yo, you guys there? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're here, man. We're here. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. And I just I was hugging myself, bro. And it was just, it was completely empowering because I said something to myself in an un- unconscious manner, just like, oh, fuck, if I die now, it's all good. I didn't truly mean it, but I said it. Yeah. And, you know, whether you mean it or you don't mean it, you said it. And when it's out there, it has value. And that was a big lesson to me, man. It's like, I'll never fucking say that again because I don't mean it. You know, if I meant it, I would have done it. I didn't fucking mean it. I think it leaves a little stain, man. I think it's a really fucked up thing to say to yourself. I remember a couple months ago, I was really depressed. I was starting my new job, and it was really stressful. I was at a hospital. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just doing, like, a desk jockey kind of shit, and there's, like, doctors and nurses freaking out all around me, Mm -hmm. and I got to, like, just do my answer the phones and shit. Like, I I feel so, like, uh, impotent, you know? And on top of that, I don't even know how to do the job properly yet. And I remember I'm on like a high level and there's like a, there's like elevators and like it connects to the, like this other building and there's this drop. And I was so depressed that day. I was like, just fucking kill yourself. Like just jump off. And it it was such a, like, I mean, it was, it is what it is. I literally just had this like suicidal thought. I'm just like, oh, I wouldn't be great to just be dead right now. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like Hmm. really darkness. And now when I pass by that place. I think of that moment every time wow. and it's not fun. I'm just like, fuck man. Like I, that was me. Like there's this empathy for my past self feeling that shitty. And there's like this pathway sort of that I built and it's like really not worked yet. It's not like, you know, but it's, mm. it's there and it's kind of like, I don't know, man. It's like ominous. It's like this thing I pass by uh, sometimes at work is like this dark tunnel of existential doom now because I just had this like emotional, I had this moment. It's like this, it's like the, the, it's like I burnt that whole spot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You know? And it's confusing to feel that way and then to not feel that way and then to to feel the rationalizations at the time. So, okay, here's what I gathered from your story. First of all, your life is a Kill Bill movie. You know, you literally, like, you you punched out of the grave. Yeah. You're the you're the bride. It's a, you're the bride. Yeah. Okay, it's so. A, that's that's what it felt like, that that's scene, a, exactly. <laughs> that's it, you punched yourself yeah. out of the grave. It was literally that. And cried like a fucking crazy, death and powerful rebirth. woman. It was literally death and rebirth, that experience. Yeah. Uh, that's a bad trip. As soon as you remember that you're, you're going to die, <laughs> you start feeling weird. But why is it a bad trip? Well, I mean, we could get semantical or whatever. Yeah. And, and like, you know. But it, it was what was necessary. It's just, it's up to me to accept or, or reject it. But it was what was necessary for me to get over the dark space I was in currently at that time. 
Yeah, man. A drug trip is exposure. A drug t- a trip is is hyper real. It's not. That's people's fear more the than opposite anything. Of that. When yeah. they say I don't want a bad trip, it's them really saying like I I have some shit inside that I'm afraid to look at. They might not even realize that. If I'm going into some fucking ceremony or something, I know I'm gonna face some demons. And I love this quote from. Uh, actually, it was from Doctor Strange of all things. So many quotable lines in that movie because it's like this kind of like spiritual ambiance in the movie even mm. though it's like a fucking marvel movie but the the master girl says we don't we never kill our demons we only learn to live above them mm. and i'm just gonna really cut you off for a second me. there's yeah. a quote from bruce lee it yep. says uh i'm not in a room full filled with demons my demons my demons are in a room with me yeah you know it's like the same idea it's I butchered the quote. It's not exactly that, but it's basically that premise. Is like, like they're threatened by him. He's yeah, not threatened yeah. by them. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's fucking, that's that it. tracks. That's yeah. Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, I got demons. Yeah. I'm cool with that. You ever see the enter the dragon, whatever, like that kind of, uh, I forgot what it was called. It was referencing something with the dragon thing, but it was like a, the, the movie about his life. Like it wasn't a Bruce Lee movie. It was a movie about Bruce Lee with another actor. Okay. Dude, the, they they address, they have this cool way of showing like the the inner demon. It's a really cool movie. Mm. I, I I don't I'll just I'll just spend like an hour trying to explain it. Like just go find that movie. I'll find the name or something. I'll say it next time. But it was so cool, man. It's like this this like kind of armored like ancient warrior looking thing, and it was just like innately terrifying because he's like a child again in his visions, and then like the the mask of the warrior suddenly like grows these like spikes. Mm. And it's like really fucking scary. Like they had, they, like maybe I was just young when I watched it, but I really felt like I was in there with him. Anyway, wow. I'm just ranting now. And then he has a son, and then his son goes through the same thing. Or it's wow. like him seeing his son and seeing himself as his son. And okay, it gets deep fast, man. It gets deep really fast. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> bad trips, Bruce Lee. It's all connected. Yeah. <clears throat> what well, was I saying with the demons and the? What that's what it comes down to is you're facing. The demons are always there. You have to cho- you have to learn to live with them, like you were saying before. Yeah, and there's just, there's just this preconception of the possibility of an of an unpleasant experience, and people are all like, "This is this is a a piece of life that you're taking. This is a like I said before, it's kind of like a fast forwarded experience. It's a learning lesson, like times fucking seventeen. So there's gonna be just the the richness of life, the good and bad, up and downs. You're gonna travel through them not over them through them even in life sometimes it's easier to travel over stuff and then as you're going through it you don't appreciate it and then you know a month later you might realize the connection kind Mm -hmm. of thing but when you're when you're in a psychedelic space everything is as it is Mm -hmm. which is connected yeah and it you know it's it's you like i said you know you suddenly you remember you're you're dying Everyone's dying. Everything's changing. Nothing's permanent. All of that's terrifying. All of that is very uncomfortable and very inconvenient to all of our perceptions and and all of our functions and everything we work to build. And it's all a sandcastle and it's all going down. And we have to somehow be okay with that and mourn the the expectations we once had and then still kind of just learn to have fun with the sand and mm-hmm. make a really dope sandcastle. Like Aubrey Marcus said, you know, like it's going down. The tide's coming in. But it's coming in anyway. If I can make a sign, guys. But that's it. It's when you bring in the what I want out of this experience and what I'm expecting, that's when you're going to have a a tough time because... 
you may not want to have a good fucking you may not want to have a bad experience mm. you want to have a fuck you want to ride it out and enjoy it have a fucking great time you know i'm with my buddies let's let's trip and let's enjoy this weekend and all of a sudden you're thinking about your parents and then the shit you did wrong when you were younger and all these things are floating through your mind yeah that's where you need to realize the want and the i aspect in a psychedelic world is not as strong in this reality the the ego self where mm. you kind of can create what you want and take what you want in those realms it's not the person riding the ship anymore you're in tune with what's coming to the surface and you have to kind of accept what's happening because it's it's not your decision at that point in my in my field of experience with psychedelics it feels like a harsh dislocation of the ego i still really identify you know as me and and there's just this like great buildup of pain of like this just human anguish you know this raw material of just suffering starts bubbling to the surface and then I, and then i have no choice i'm like kicked out into this observer and it's like wow look at look at the sammies and mm -hmm. so much fucking pain and, and then look what the ego used to cover that pain and hide it so you can keep going forward yeah that's weird mm -hmm. it's, it's genius like, though it's, it's not great, doing itself a service it's in the amazing long for survival yeah that's, that's why what it's psychedelics for. are kind of counterintuitive. That's why booze is the human drug. It's the social lubricant. It's the numbing. It's the like. It it'll even give you some little reflection moments and psychedelic stuff. Like it it can go there, but it's all it's so convenient. There's a little tomorrow hangover. If yeah. you're on a, if you're taking shrooms or something, the hangover, <laughs> the bad trip, the, the hangover is mixed into the experience. You know, unless you take a shitload and you're like slow for a month or something. You know, like. <laughs> You're okay the next day. Yeah. Microdosing, all of these things might even have a, like a lot of benefits, like we're finding out now. Yeah. But, but fuck, man, if you're in a trip and you're, yeah, like I said in my case, like I'm not detaching easily, and and I fucking feel it every time. As soon as I come back, as soon as I start getting a little bit like back to sobriety, I feel like this sigh of relief, and I hate that moment because it's like a part of me goes like, oh fuck, finally I could just like get back <laughs> to being myself, and it's like that's. What? No. <laughs> a part of me is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then that's what's funny is I keep saying a part of me and, you know, like me and you, we're just on the ride. You know, we're not experts yet. And who knows, you know, wh what the future holds kind of thing. But I, I feel like there's a little danger and I've read about this as well in like uh, fracturing yourself in that sense. A and again, it's like the way I talk to myself, It's but it is the way I'm experiencing it. So it needs to be addressed. There's facets of me, but they're all me. And then if I go like, oh, part of me is like arguing with another part of me. And then mm. I start, I start having like eggs in a basket kind of thing. Like, oh, do I, do I invest in this side of me? Do I invest in that side of me? Which one's running the show? Mm. Which one acts as like the decision maker? None of that stuff is really real. That's where it starts getting really messy for me is like, stop fragmenting yourself so that you can go through these experiences and just go through these experiences. It's tough though. Yeah. It's also something I don't want to fully get into because I, I've brought it up a couple of times in the podcast. Like we wouldn't have much to talk about if we just end it there. Like just go, just do the thing, you know, yeah. like honestly speaking, I like don't believe in advice, you know, like people are just going to do what they do. Most of us don't have the like intellectual power and the lack of ego to learn from other people's mistakes. And if we could, it would be kind of weird and boring also. I think we all have places where we yeah, can be you would be, be the perfect product of your parents if that was the case. 
yeah, it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, no but, one's like that. That's I'm sorry. That doesn't exist. That's the beauty of it. And if it does, it's one in a fucking million. It's usually, Go fuck yourself. Even for me, it's like I get advice from my buddies, and it's like the ninth time they tell me that I'll finally say, okay, I tried every fucking alternative, and none of it worked. I'll try what you said, and mm. see if that worked. I have a friend who lives his life by the Zodiac. And I, it must be working for him because he never stops. But like he, he's like, okay, Sammy's a Taurus, and he just like gets me gifts sometimes. It's not my birthday, nothing. He goes like, I heard you mention this thing, or like I just thought of you. Like this makes your life a little easier. And he knows he's fucking buttering me up, and he knows it works. And he also knows that he can't give me advice because if he tells me to go left, I'm gonna go right. Hmm. You, if someone tells you you can't do something, then you go fuck you. I can't. I'm the other way around, but not exactly. It's 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 a different demon. It's hmm. like you come in and say yo you're, you're fucking up do this instead i'm gonna double down on my fuck up <laughs> i'm gonna go fuck you bro let's see where this goes okay. and then i'll go and then at the end if the fucking you know everything's burning behind me and i go okay you were right i'll admit it but it's gotta be on fire it's mm. gotta i gotta get to that point and he knows that about me so he doesn't poke the bear anymore interesting anyway but that's i just find that hilarious i just like he 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 literally I mean, it do, I find it funny because it does apply to me. And I don't want to project that onto everybody. I think I can be really fucking stupid, like really dumb, really stubborn sometimes. Mm. And I've met some people who you just tell them something once and they're like, okay. You know, so you tell me something, it could take seven fucking years, but I get it eventually. Mm. I, I change my life. I actually do it. But it's like, I, it's almost like I have a backlog or something. So it's like, okay, put it on the list. You know, like, I, yeah. Every, anyone who knows me you'll see this too anyone who knows me you tell me something oh sammy you got to do this thing for that okay the podcast okay we'll set that up okay we got to do this thing fucking four months later i do it and then you're like dude i forgot about this yeah but thanks i guess we still need this thing you know like nice. it's not good i'm not useful we're not good in life i just just speaking about things you say to yourself and then you say you're not useful I'm not. I'm a useless human being. I just, tr I strive to be useful. Mm. That's actually what I want to do, but I've never felt that way. Okay. And that's full circle. What comes up in bad trips for me a lot. Mm. I want, that's, that's what sucks. There's this like self-care, self-promoting. I don't need anybody. There's this, there's something in the culture that's like be solitary and be successful in, in your solitude and be okay with being alone and all that kind of stuff. I want approval. I want someone to come in and go, that thing you just did, do that again. That was great. And sometimes I don't want to earn it. You know, if I go to school, if I get the thing, if I know how to do the thing, and then I, I can do the thing like a professional, then I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. But that's almost like too easy, even though that's the real work. Whereas I actually do get down on myself in this weird like vicious cycle kind of way where I don't want to I don't I don't praise myself hmm. I need someone else to come in and go like okay you're doing a good job and even hmm. then it's like a drug it's like this I, oh thank you give me more of that you know and, and when you get that you work harder at it no <laughs> That's, I'm screwed okay. either way if okay. I get the praise then it's like I got what I want and I can kind of hmm. take the foot off the gas interesting and that comes up in, in your psychedelic experiences? Uh, yeah. You know, that's 
that's like a second thing I would label a bad trip as. Okay. Is like just regret in the past. You know, like the future in an extreme is the end, is death. And you're just suddenly I'm bad tripping because I'm like, oh my God, the thing that is having this experience will not be alive anymore. And then, whoa, you know, just endless whoa. But do you uh, have a specific trip that, that you recall that was like category bad trip? Um, I definitely have a few. You know, I, I think. Wow. The mush trip I explained was definitely intense. It was a great time, but it lasted so long. And then like I go home, I get into my room. It, like this was I was young. Right. So like my father comes to pick me up from my friend's house and I'm blasted on like six plus grams. And like I start seeing every anything I look at starts spinning out of control and then imploding on itself. And I'm just like, uh oh, <laughs> this is, and I'm trying to just like play it cool kind of thing. Cause I'm literally like driver side, like a passenger side of my, my father, just like driving on the highway kind of thing. I look at a car, it starts spinning. And my first instinct is like, Hey dad, look out kind of thing. But I just, I just say nothing. Cause I don't know what's real. Then I get home and I'm alone in my room and I'm like really freaking out. Like every fucking thing, everything. I remember these words coming to me at the end or like, or like three quarters into my trip. Uh, everything is inevitable. That makes no sense. It's like, uh, what are you saying? But that's, that's the sentiment. Uh, like just such a harsh nonsensical download that I was not ready for, which is like the staple of shrooms was it was just too much for me. And I just, I remember saying that to myself, like everything is going on all the time. Hmm. And th that somehow made sense to me. And it was overwhelming. It, I felt it. It wasn't just like some weird words. It was like this, this, like, uh, I don't know. I was just trying to understand what was happening to me. And hmm. I remember feeling so like gone, so far gone and starting to doubt my sanity that I just like, I had like a, a lamp on this awesome fucking Ninja Turtles lamp that I still have. I took the metal thing off. And I just like put my finger on the on the bulb and I just stood there like waiting for it to hurt. Okay. And I just, and I burned my finger and I pulled my hand away and I went like, oh, okay, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that was like my saving your, your test back into reality. Yeah. I was like, I'll be okay. Yeah. And then fucking like five hours later, I jump on like MSN or whatever we used to do as, and like people start waking up and I'm just like, I, well, I, I've, I'm so happy that I'm not going insane that I'm just like awake, I'm wide awake, I'm just having a good time. I'm still tripping like crazy, but I'm like, it just went down a step or two and I'm like, okay, I'll be okay. Hmm. But I can't, it's almost like I skipped over the bad trip in my store. Like I can't even really explain it. It was too much, you know? The, I had a, I had a, I took too much special K once. I hate that drug. It's you got so into weird. it a little bit in the last podcast, but we didn't talk about your experience too much. Well, I, I was, um, cause look, like I said, it's an anesthetic. So if you take enough, you just, you just get conked. But in the steps before you take that much, you will trip the fuck out. And it blows my mind that people just get this like injected, like intro muscularly or something at a hospital. They're just like, oh, this person needs a painkiller, quote unquote, you know, and here, like have a fucking ride, buddy. You're not feeling that pain anymore, but you also don't even care if you die. Like that's where K brings you. You're so numb. You're just like, I get hit by a car right now. Fuck it. Wow. I remember just, I remember one time I was just on K and I was like, it's like you drank a two, four and you're so hammered, but you're not sick. Like you drank a whole two, four. Like, I don't know how to describe it. You're so out of it. And I'm just there. I'm like, I'm like lying down in my bed 
and I'm just kind of praying that like a a plane just Donnie Dark me, <laughs> like like out of nowhere. Like I'm just like I won't feel it. Maybe that's it. It's like you're not afraid of pain anymore because you're so numbed out. Wow. So you're just like I could die right now. Whatever. Is it visual? Well, that that's where the bad trip comes okay. in. There's something really like like you know when you said you have more frames on shrooms, you have yeah. like less on K. And then like you hear a truck passing by, like it just goes like it goes like like the sound is skipping the scam okay. like it's crazy there's, there's really like a lot of weird effects i remember one time i was like fresh off a fucking bump because like you snort it okay and i felt so numb i just like did a shoulder roll <laughs> like i'm i'm like I, from yeah. standing and like i roll and i come back up and then it's like we were talking about earlier like you drive and you don't remember the drive yeah i did i just had no experience of doing the roll i was just like standing something happened and i was standing again and i was like mm. i like part my brain was like you just rolled and then my body was like no i didn't okay and my brain was like no no you totally rolled i said roll and then you rolled it all happened and my body was like i didn't roll bro you <laughs> rolled you know like it's yeah. like i'm talking to a drunk person but the the bad trip was the k-hole okay. quote unquote i took a little too much and i remember i'm in my friend's car and he's driving it's like winter time and he's drifting a little bit He's like a really good driver and I don't feel scared at all, you know, but he hits like a hard drift and like the the world like breaks into a million, like in the direction of the drift hmm. and like I'm in all of those worlds. So like my consciousness is fucking shattered at this point. And all I really remember is this like infinite time zone. It like literally felt like forever. And there was like these, this endless stream of like totems like literally like pieces of like a totem pole like different animals and one one has like a wing off to the side and one of them's like a face and like just these beautiful crazy shapes and something kind of coherent about like they're animals they're people they're like there was but it was this endless thing mm. and like my consciousness was like interrupting it and like each time one it was, it was like a it was like when you put a playing card on a on a spoke of a bike and you know yeah. these things would these things would just come and touch wow. me as they passed and they were everything one of them was like the concept of community one of them was like everything i remember about my brother one of them was like family in general one of them was like my moment and one of them was drugs one of them was like an entire section of a library yeah, like from when i was a in grade school like these 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 chunks of of information hmm. completely like non sequential like just and like i my i i come to apparently having had like conversations with my friend he was freaking out because i was like unresponsive my eyes were wide open he, he parks the car he starts slapping me he starts okay. he starts yelling and he's like dude i got work tomorrow he starts fucking slapping me in the face he's like he's like freaking out and i'm just like staring i'm not blinking nothing he says that when I took that drift that, that, that starts the story, he says my head just went kunk, like it just hit the fucking window. Like I had no reaction. Ooh. And then I, like I said, I come to and I'm paying for food at KFC. Wait, so from that experience, you came back to it and you were at KFC paying for it? Yeah. So it's like I, I got out of the hole, but I didn't remember like the first 20 minutes. Okay. So like I'm I'm ordering food and then like I I'm reaching for my wallet and I and like I kind of realize what's happening. Wow. And I'm like, "Oh, fuck." And then there's there's this girl in front of me and she's like waiting for me and I, I don't know how high I look. You know, and like that whole moment like gets all it just gets so real so, and so, so like a earthy. Chunk from in the car until KFC, you don't remember that moment. Zero. Ooh. I literally I just kind of it's like a dream. It's like I'm like, "Oh yeah, I was ordering food like a second ago." <laughs> 
<laughs> but between that moment and and the infinity spiral it was inconsequential my brain was just like recovering from the fucking infinity nonsense and that while i was in it was so stressful i could i could whatever part of my body i could feel i felt like i couldn't fucking breathe like i just like um you know when people talk about night terrors and like uh sleep paralysis i've never experienced that but that's what it felt like i used to have every night it's true you told me yeah it's i felt like something was sitting on my chest the whole time Mm. but it was like very emotional and like I was out of my body, it was like this beam of my consciousness was just being fed this different reality, this different experience, and it wow. literally felt like an eternity, like no point of reference for time. Anyway, I could rant forever. Like that was, that was a trip, and and a lot of it felt bad, if you will, you know. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's it's almost an easy one though, because I had no say, I had no control, I had no point of reference for myself or for or the outside world. How, like, how long does it usually last us? The special K. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I'd say like forty five minutes. That just that. Like maybe an hour. Okay. Something you take a little more, you you feel good okay. again, kind of thing. Good, quote unquote. But I I just I just like was already blasted a little bit and then got ahead of the dose and then I I fucking K hold. Okay, well, out, out like fucking. You could talk about my buddy's bad trip on DMT. Oh man, DMT bad trip. <sighs> I want to hear about that. I don't really have other bad trips. You know what? A lot of bad trip stories I would have weed. Okay, let's. My whole argument goes to shit here, because I've had <laughs> bad trips on weed. <laughs> well, your your argument already. It's it's you're just presenting it wrong because like you're saying bad trips don't exist and then you're like oh yeah by the way to avoid a bad trip like mind your set and setting like you believe there's a discomfort possible and some of it can and maybe even should be avoided and the rest needs like a uh, acceptance and then that can that leads that's the vulnerability leading to integration and growth and all that stuff that we the thing about it is practicing acceptance and surrender in a bad setting is really difficult and it's impossible for me personally. Like my set and setting really governs my experience. Yeah. yeah. For me with the LSD at the dinner party was the fucking hardest experience to practice surrendering and acceptance. But it was it was a sweet spot because you got there and now you're a fucking, you got a, you got a blue belt or whatever yeah, you want to say. Like you yeah, got a. Because I, I managed through it, which was yeah, yeah. Fu- like, I still think about it. And I'm like, how the fuck did you pull through in a full tab of pharmaceutical grade LSD? In a fucking crowded restaurant with a party of 12 <laughs> just eating dinner. And yeah, first time on LSD. Like, that was an achievement. I'll, I'll always keep that notch on my belt. But there, you were just thrown into the situation and made the best out of it. And like, you didn't think you could, but you just did. You know, that says a lot. Hmm. You know, just, just our limits are not what we think they are. You know, the, what's that, that guy, the David Goggins? <laughs> the 40% rule? Yeah. I love that, man. I'm trying to integrate that. You think you're at the end, you're not even close. Not even close. Man. I see that with my clients when I'm training them. Like, they'll be sweating and freaking out with five reps left. They do the five. I'm like, give me another five. They do it. I'm like, just two more. Okay, last one. And then all of a sudden, they just did like nine extra reps. And that, you're like, where was that yesterday, motherfucker? It's just you put these little walls and boundaries to, to keep yourself safe. Yeah, what's that video online where that dude... 
it's like a it's like a football movie and the coach is like give me everything you got and he like puts a dude on his back and does like the death crawl across the oh, field i remember that scene i, I wish i, I don't know what movie it is dude the guy he puts a blindfold on him and the guy he crawls across he's, he's trying to get to the 30 the 50 he ends up fucking getting to the end zone yeah and the guy's like holy shit i didn't know what i had in me and he's like, well, that's my point, bitch. And most I'm of a us good are coach. operating <laughs> like that. We're operating like that. We don't know what the fuck's going on underneath. Uh, it's fun. And that under you're checking under the hood when you're taking drugs, essentially. Pretty and, much. And you're not a mechanic yet. You're just like, huh? <laughs> what is all the, <laughs> fuck, what's that? The system feels weird. I, I need to try something. And then you look under the hood, it's just fucking smoke. Yeah. These I wires are connected. Yeah. <laughs> smoke. <laughs> Something's like, on fire in the corner. Like, you're like, okay, fuck. okay. I'm in it. What do I do? And you're literally the only person to fix it, which is hilarious. You're the mechanic and you're the car. It's weird. Okay, DMT bad trip. Go. I want to hear this story. I'm curious. Buddy Simon, I'm going to throw him out there. You met Simon. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So uh, cool we did. I finally got my batch of DMT, which is hilarious. I was looking for it allegedly, right? It's all allegedly. None of this is real. None of this, this is, is all real. fiction. It's all part Drugs of the Drugs are dream. bad. <laughs> Don't do them. Um, just, you know. What are drugs? I never tried any of that shit. I, uh, the only drug I have in my life is Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. I'm with you on that. <laughs> You've converted me on this podcast. Our Lord's blood is all I need for salvation. Do you um, drink the holy water? Is that a thing? You know what? It seems like it's a, stand, it's a stagnant pool of water. There's something waxy about it, too. Probably has like that metallic taste since it's in that fucking bowl day. How do they make holy water? Is it literally just water that they like yeah, bless? Yeah, they just give it a nice little blessing. I have no clue. They don't throw stuff in there? It's like the same thing in kosher. Just the rabbi does a little <laughs> a little prayer and it's good to go. I, I, there's more to that. I, yeah, I feel like that's wrong. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I was looking for DMT for a few years. I found this guy. I don't know how. I forgot how. Sold me 0.3 for 250 bucks. I have no point of reference. So that sounds like a lot. It's not a lot. Because point three of a gram is like, it's like um, that's it. You buy like an ounce of weed for like the good stuff for like three hundred bucks. Yeah. So well, like keep in mind, like so now you can grams. find a gram for about one hundred fifty, two hundred. Okay. So I was paying like, and this we're talking like eight years ago. Anyway. Uh, uh, no one knew what the fuck that shit was eight years ago, right? So this guy meets me. I'm waiting outside, like at a bus stop, and he's on a motorcycle. It's fucking pouring out. He's in a yellow jumpsuit, rain suit, like it's like one piece. You're really building a, a, a paint. You're really painting a picture for me. <laughs> he's on a Harley. He has a fucking orange helmet and giant circle. You know those. Um, like those steampunk like Mad like, Max yeah, yeah like, like those, those sand goggles, goggles yeah. <laughs> sand goggles with a beard and he's like hey man with you, a beard he's like hey man you Nate I'm like yeah yeah he's like I got I got your stuff you have got fun <laughs> the guy stinks like mushrooms I, he's like you want some mushrooms too I'm like no no just, just the DMT we do our weird exchange and he goes off into the rain I've never seen that guy again I, lo- I don't even I texted him back for a re-up like a year later and then it was Nothing. like a discontinued number okay I well. want to know that guy's story We'll never see him I'm again. I'm very distracted. <laughs> anyway, continue. I remember calling Simon after freaking out. I'm like, yo, dude, this is the weirdest fucking drug yeah. deal I've ever experienced. I just DMT from Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> he was the perfect character for that for that job. Mm. So anyway, so we did it in my... We've done it a few times, but one of the experiences was in my car and in a parking lot. We're just like, yo, we're, we found a spot. We're good. It's late at night. Give it to him. You know, um... I do it first. It was very nice. It was I didn't break through at the time. It was very visual though. 
And then he goes, and he's out. You know, usually when you take DMT, you're out. You're you look like you're sleeping for about ten, ten to fifteen minutes. Sometimes less, sometimes more, but around that range. And then you wake up, and it was like a dream state. You you have a recollection, but it usually fades pretty quickly. So uh, he woke up in panic, like <sighs> grabbing me, he's like what the fuck. I'm like, yo, are you okay? He's like, fuck, man, fuck, man. What the fuck was that? What the fuck? What, what the fuck, bro? What the fuck? I'm like, yo, Simon, what happened? He's like, so he takes a moment. I'm like, just breathe. Tell me when you're ready. And he, what he recorded, what he saw, it was pretty intense for people listening. Like, this has happened before in other people. I've read these kind of trips. In the Spirit Molecule book by Neil Strauss is actually a very common theme, what I'm about to say. And it's very, I've never had it. Simon had it. So it's like, holy shit. Mm. A lot of people had it. And it's really odd that there's there's similarities from in, from people across the world. Simon doesn't know any of that literature. He never read any of that. So what happened is when he took it, he woke up. In his mind, he woke up on an operating table in a hospital room. And there was, I remember this story now, <laughs> and I don't want you to say it anymore, but, I'm, but let's go. <laughs> it's so bad. So he wakes up. I might be butchering because it's coming from a third party. It's not directly from the person experiencing it. Just own it, bro. Just make it up. Own it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to add some shit, Simon. You ready? There was like a naked chick back yeah, there. Yeah, 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 that's it. Sell it. So he wakes what, up the, on this. The biker was there. With the, <laughs> it was yeah, he was there. He's like, how you doing, bro? <laughs> you want some shrooms? You doing good, man. <laughs> you want some shrooms with your DMT? <laughs> He's fucking hitting the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Boing. You know, it's like like a very Pink Floydy sound to it. You good, bro? Just, then okay. his face turns into like twenty of his faces, like in like a kaleidoscope. <laughs> How's it going, man? <laughs> I am the drug, dude. Okay. I've had that kind of experience too. Just a kaleidoscope of faces. <laughs> I had that more in dreams. Than I've had drugs. that in Salvia. It was weird. Oh, Let's talk about Salvia after. Okay. Oh, I love Salvia. Okay, so he's on an operating table. Operating table wakes up. Boom. Sees two insect fucking insectoid beings with fucking giant red eyes and big fangs, just like <laughs> operating on his body, ripping out rib after rib, taking out everything and looking and going, he, 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 oh, he, <laughs> and like taunting him. And he was panicking, like, ah, ah. and they're looking, like, oh, and they were cracking things inside him, like little roaching gremlins. Yeah, like he said the way they looked was just like these giant, like fucking octopus insect tentacles, just with evil faces, just taking everything scary out. mixed together essentially. And he's there, completely uh, powerless, just watching them operate on him, taking out pieces of his body, cracking things into place, and then wakes up back in my car, fucking panicked. What the fuck, bro? Like, what is? That? I didn't know that that can happen. You know. I was I was in the car and now I was on a fucking operating table in some alien spaceship mm. having my body taken apart. Yeah. So that one took him a while. <laughs> that one took him a while. <laughs> What's a while? Like months? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think he's ever done DMT since. I oh, mean, no. he's done ayahuasca since, but the DMT, I think. Oh, at least. Yeah. But That's very different. You know, like, wow. Well, it, they're very different, right? But I wonder, like, I mean, not not to put that on you, but like, I feel like someone, like the the guy who does the ceremonies, you know, like like he, if he saw something like that, he would like, he would like sense it while it's happening, and then like, like touch your forehead or something, and you'd be okay, like like some crazy shit that we just don't know how to do yet. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe he needed an ikaros in the background. I don't know, 
we were fucking young too, man. I was like 16, giving him mm-hmm. DMT or 17, whatever. It was fucking kids. But, dude, he talks about it to this day. He thinks in retrospection that it was actually they were doing him good and he Is was resisting it. Retrospection? Sorry. Is it? I'm like hanging up. It sounds like a word. We'll use it. We'll fuck with it. And if retrospection it achieved. Retrospection. It's a new podcast word. Um, now he looks back on it thinking that maybe what they were trying to do to him was actually positive and he was just resisting it. Because mm. he's like, I'm not sure. I think they were trying to fix something the more I think about it. And I was just, my fear wasn't letting them. Because the more afraid he got, the more evil they became. So it was kind of like he was feeding them. Maybe his mind was part of it too. And he maybe he didn't have enough to break through. I don't know. But now that it's passed, he looks back at it thinking like, oh, fuck, you know what? Maybe it wasn't a bad thing. Maybe there's, It's up for interpretation. Yeah. There's something in my chest that they were trying to crack back together. Well, there there is a lot to be said about, like you were saying how a lot of people had similar experiences. Like there's, there's just like innate... Oh, yeah. There's things that all humans kind of go through just because we're all in the human experience. We're all in a body. We all like work through language, even though the language might affect you differently. There's things that are kind of universal. You see that a lot in dreams. You see people who have like their teeth falling out in some kind of like nervous, uh, like uh, oral presentation kind of dream. Or when you're having a fight, your punches all of a sudden feel way heavier and slower in dreams. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Yeah, you can't run because you're... You're, it, like if you're really adrenaline afraid and then you're, it starts stimulating your body, you start feeling that you can't move because mm. you can't move when you're dreaming. Your body's like chemically paralyzed. Those were the and worst you, fucking dreams. You start feeling like you're in mud or something. Yeah, but people also like have um, uh, flying dreams and they're interpreted differently, which is really interesting. Like how, like, cause you can't fly. Some people will flap their fucking arms like a bird. Other people will kind of like flex something like a muscle like you find a way to make it make sense but you you're having kind of like a similar base experience and that's what i I mean i hate to go full fucking scientific on it it's not the be all end all it's not the explanation to me but it is a part of it Mm -hmm. is that there's an interpretation involved and you were describing all these things that instinctively scare us these like tentacly insecty snaky things that like any fucking mammal Mm-hmm. Are, are essentially just anticipating out of fear mm-hmm. to stay alive, you know, in some deep instinctual way. And it's fucking like I, when I did the DMT, I think it was the same like uh, substance. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. So I had a similar experience, but completely different vibe. I had like one thing, like I, I, I had this kind of like, um, alternate body or like this other way of seeing my body and the other way of seeing the room I was like in another place but it was like this infinite swirling nonsense like like most psychedelic trips and uh, there was something coming out of or going into my stomach and I I was just like maybe I'm dead maybe I'm dying I remember I remember getting so many puffs and I started swallowing it and I started burping up smoke and I was like this is I'm gonna die I'm literally gonna die and I just became okay with it Hmm. I was like okay I'm gonna die and that just made the whole trip way more like okay step back and see what happens kind of thing because this Hmm. is the last thing you're ever gonna experience I was just like okay with dying (laughs) like maybe I'll just like bleed into the DMT realm and like never come out and then just you know I don't know but I, I just remember popping out of it and then having all these things that I told you, which you remember better than I do because I was like in a fucking 
stupor. I remember it like it was yesterday. I could picture the whole thing. I know you tell me some stuff sometimes. Yeah. The only thing I really remember feeling is like the chaos, the cacophony <laughs> of being like uh, not me anymore. Like mm. my consciousness dissolved into the the entire universe and it was exhausting. You know, like I didn't even feel exhausted because I couldn't understand anything. It was There was no point of reference. And then coming back or like on the way back, there was this sense of relief. And I remember saying it wants to be us, you know, like as if to say we're trying to reach God and God's trying to reach us. And we're like bumping up in the hallway going mm. like, oh, I was coming to you. Like what you're why are you coming here? Like I'm God. We're going mm. this way, asshole. <laughs> and you're like, no, God's better than us. We're going that way. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is confusing and weird. Let's go into specificity. Let's go into individuality. Let's go into novelty. Let's not just be a swirling nonsense of everything so that we can like experience stuff. And, you know, like all, all that out of it wants to be us. I like that description. You know? Yeah, it's fucking mind blowing. Yeah. It was like. I, I try. It was so cool to have a, a trip that kind of just told me like, "Hey, man, life's cool. Like, d like do stuff here. Don't just fucking try to find these other realms." It's like the first time I really gave into the magic of reality. Hmm. If I could be a little cheesy, like the there, there's so much, um, you know, like the flat Earth stuff, or like there's there's something in wanting to like find something new and wanting to kind of escape reality and, and to, to find like some better modality when the truth is like, there's so much going on already yeah. that we're that, that foundationally kind of needs to be mastered. Crazy or understood. And we still look outwards for like something completely intriguing and exciting when it's right in front of our faces. You know what it is? Honestly, it's like a victim mentality. Hmm. It's like, uh, hoping, uh, some Messiah comes and does the thing for you. And and that's why I love the plant medicines because they're kind of like that. But like the, the real story is always the kingdom of heaven is within kind of thing, you know? Always. The Buddha said, we can all do this, you know? I, it was, it's, it's always empowering the individual and, and, and then there's all this distortion of like, oh yeah, no, no, I'm the son of God. You're all some fucking, you're just, you're just people. You're just, I don't know what you guys are. I'm the guy. Do what I do. Say what I do. Do what I say. Whatever the fucking, I'm losing my, my words now, but hmm. fuck man. Yeah. It's crazy. Just shrugging a lot now. <laughs> I just feel like I'm on drugs because we've been talking about drugs and yeah. we're, we didn't even rap it today. It's crazy. How do you feel? different yeah i want to hear it i want to hear the podcast and be like okay we had a different energy you know i hope that's what happens because i don't know we're in it now yeah okay guys we broke the tradition of the weekly rapi session before podcast i mean yeah, i was late <laughs> usually uh we explain rapi in pretty much every podcast but it's just 20 second crash course it's an amazonian snuff sacred tobacco that you shoot up each other's noses one in each nostril and it blasts you off Right back to the center of your body, whatever the fuck that means to you. It's really <laughs> sobering. And I I drank a bit of coffee and I was even going to smoke some weed before I came mm. here just to see, like I keep saying, I want the rapé and the weed to kind of duke it out. I wouldn't, I'm curious Me to too. see what that will do for you. It'd be interesting to do a podcast like high also hmm. because I'm going to be like maybe quieter, maybe like interjecting a little more methodically and less like ranting and... I got the gift of gab, you know, it's, it's a curse actually. Like I'm not, I shouldn't 
say most of the things I say. <laughs> <laughs> just comes out though. It's great. Yeah, you seem to like it. Yeah. So I'll well, keep doing it. So that's it, man. The rap we broke the three week trend. Week four, well, we didn't do it. I'm down to do some after if you have time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's maybe, true. maybe we can do time. a little bit. I mean, um, we started early too, so like we could. Yeah, we're pretty much at the timer. That's true. Yeah. So let's like nutshell it then. Let's take the next like five, ten minutes. So, so the bad trips are just like a surf a resurfacing of what we what are of human existential pain essentially and things that you've you've just you didn't deal with or you avoided and you and a lot of times in my case i think a lot of people these days have this problem we're intellectualizing a lot of the darkness of of the light too you know we're just we're just throwing everything into folders and and understanding them on paper and then when we have to deal with them it's a big deal it's it's a it's a shocker and mm-hmm. then and then you see it i mean I, I i it's i don't want to oversimplify it but you see the wisdom or the grace in people who've like gone through horrible shit in their lives and those are bad trips you know uh like i talk about uh ramsey a lot as a point of reference a, a mutual friend of ours like he I, I mean i don't want to blow up his spot i don't think he's shy about it i don't think he would mind me saying it especially if it's helping other people but mm-hmm. like he 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 had a girlfriend for, for a long time. They were together for for a, like almost a decade or something. And and he was they were pretty young, you know. And it was like his high school sweetheart kind of thing. And he thought they were going to get married. She breaks up with him, devastating. He thinks nothing can get worse. And a, a little while later, uh, his best friend dies. And hmm. like, you just like that's a bad trip. It's like oh no, this could be bad. Oh, it's so much worse than you realize. Is that around massage school? Because I I remember you spoke a about bit before. Okay. I mean, it was it's it. I mean, it it defines a lot of his experience now. Mm. And he's such a wise person. He's so open and he's so like chipper and he's he has he makes such an effort to make everyone happy around mm. it. Like he he has this perspective that like, hey man, time is fucking not on our side, and I'm gonna start treating everybody like they could be dead tomorrow, including myself. And it's a, it's a balancing act. It doesn't change much, you know, but like they say, uh, before enlightenment, you know, you've, you, you mop the floor and you, you cook the food, you know, and after enlightenment, you mop the floor and you cook the food. Right. So like, he's, yeah. he's still just a dude at the end of the day. I don't want to put him up on a pedestal, but I, you know, the, there's, there's just, it's so weird to say, but there's so much value in pain. The suffering the growth, is, man. yeah. You know, growing is painful think of when you're a kid your teeth coming and fucking hurt and this is why i think there's like a logic to this entire universe being some kind of like simulation school thing like on some crazy extra dimensional level because you really can't grow without pain yeah like explain to me how you do it you go to the gym you do your training the next day you're in fucking brutal pain your muscle regrows stronger and you're not in pain anymore until the next session it's totally fractal it applies everywhere it's crazy but that then you know buddhism is clear that you don't have to suffer you don't have to think the pain is out of place and then like have a double pain because you think you shouldn't be in pain mm. like that's just retarded and yet we're all doing it all the time <laughs> because of Why expectation. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. You, know, you just added to the fire. And that's that leads into why that leads into questioning society because a lot of this stuff is just like pre-programmed bullshit and it's expectations that are handed down 
and then and that's why maybe psychedelics are illegal and then you start getting into conspiracy theories and everything just kind of gets all fucking connected and then you, you're like maybe i should stop doing drugs it's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to end it it's a horrible way to end it <laughs> oh fuck sweet brother